you up. You're worthy to be praised and adored. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. So I thought I would, uh, I felt last night, I said, you know, I would like to relax and just have a good palm today. Good palm. <laughs> That's a good psalm. Psalm 104. And we'll call this the imagination of a holy man. Amen. The Bible says that uh, all scripture was written by holy men of God as they were moved upon by the Holy Ghost. So I just look at this as the imaginings and the imagination, godly imagination of a holy man as he was moved upon by the Holy Ghost. And it starts with, it says, Praise the Lord, my soul. Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. And what this tells me is that you have to speak to your soul. You have to command your soul to get off of worry, fear, you know, planning its own way and making plans in your own thoughts. And here this holy man commands his soul to get in line here and start praising God. Sometimes we have to command our soul. And, and this is the thing that it blesses me about knowing God and knowing the word of God. That you carry with you a soul that can either bless your life or trouble your life. And you have authority over your own being. You have authority over your soul. What you allow your soul to do. What you allow your mind to do. Even though many times we don't take control. and We don't take authority. We do have that authority. You see that even. Uh, and, and this is the thing that. That, um, that kind of uh, lets me know. Where truth is, is being um, spread out and made available to so many people. That you see many young people now plugged into their earphones they're listening to things they may not know what they're doing but somehow their soul is gravitating toward a certain sound it's gravitating toward a certain thing where it is your soul is the soul of man now is is dominating his life in a greater way people are understanding the power that they call the power within your ability to be great, the greatness within you, uh, what, what they have a hard time describing it. But it really is the power of the human soul and the knowledge now that we have that your soul is under your control. That you don't have to think just any thoughts that come to you and you don't have to be disturbed by your own thinking or disturbed by what you your your family's always done and always thought. You can break away from that. And, you know, get your own life because you have control over your own thoughts, your own will. You have a destiny. Now we know the best control, you know, if you're you're not saved, you're going to run into the curse. You're going to hit that brick wall and you won't be able to get out from under that until you cry out to God. And that's God's plan. But people are realizing the potential of the human soul to a greater and greater degree. And so here the writer of this psalm makes up his mind that his instead of going about his normal routine and letting his mind take him wherever it will, he's going to command his soul to begin to bless God. And so this whole psalm 
is the result of that command he tells his soul one time praise ye the lord praise god soul get in line and start to praise god because not praising god is not good for your soul your soul will not prosper without praising god your soul will not uh, develop to its maximum potential without this input of divine awareness and and giving yourself over to divine imagination where God will pick up your thoughts and carry them away into his truth and into the realm where he wants you to abide and so just by commanding your soul to praise God you'll find all these things are true about God it's amazing the potential of the human soul the the tie-in of the mind the will and the emotions as far as what your soul is able to do to transport you to a place of truth when you focus on God when your soul praises the Lord it will transport you into a place of truth and understanding uh, your soul will also uh, uh, your soul has a ministry to itself through memories. Uh, it has a, a ministry of itself through music. There's a, a component of the human soul that's that's uh, got, a, got a CD player in there of all the music that you've ever heard, had. And it can be plugged into uh, just by uh, uh, triggering the memory. The, uh, there's a, uh, uh, what do you call that? There's a video that I've had on, it's on YouTube, but I've had it on uh, on my Facebook page of an uh, elderly gentleman who was trying to kind of like in a, um, kind of like a stupor for for many, many years. And they were doing some kind of a, um, a research there. Uh, the the um, philosopher Immanuel Kant had a, a phrase that he coined where he referred to music as the quickening art or the life-giving art. And so, and he wasn't somebody who was given much over to music, they say. He was just a thinker, philosopher. And so, but music is known as the quickening art. And that's proven over and over again. It brings it brings dead sinners to life. You know, well, you get a little help from a little alcohol, a little, you know, whatever. But you know what I'm saying. But it is life giving. And what they did was they found some music that this elderly gentleman liked when he was a younger man, and they put it on a, 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 a you know an iPod, a, you know an iPad or something like that, and put earphones on him, and he just began to talk, and he began to come alive, and and then he said, uh, he said, I'm a holy man, and, you know, it just uh, all his memories. But you know, you can see where mi- music was restored. They played a secular music, but in his mind, it came up as as some hymns and things that he had enjoyed and he talked about all the types of me he began to interact with people began to talk to people and everything just because of the ministry of music that stored in his brain somewhere from so long ago it got stirred up and triggered and stimulated so the human soul has great ability and life within itself to bring life to the rest of us so you can't discount your soul as far as being important in 
understanding God and in being restored and renewed and refreshed and divine energy put into the human soul the Bible says we have the mind of Christ we have the ability to tap into the thoughts of God we have all of that at our disposal you're not a victim of your past because you have a soul that can praise God and when your soul begins to praise God then you can tap into God's view of of the earth his view of life his view of you his view of everything you can see as God sees by allowing your soul to get there and that's what this this writer found out he says and and you are to address your soul soul start praising God start thinking about the goodness of God start thinking about the truth of God so his soul begins to exalt the Lord and his soul begins to tap into a truth about God that you won't get without exalting God. So if you don't exalt God, your 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 soul will keep thinking on the same level. It's but you tap now into the divine input and divine energy, and so he begins to get a glimpse of the earth from God's perspective. He gets a glimpse of creation. I mean, he goes into every facet of life that you could ever go into just by exalting the Lord praising God and then God transports him through his soul into God's soul so he begins to see God doing all the things that he does in creation and all this stuff so he just begins to, to zip in and clock in and he says my Lord my God you're very great you're very great when you exalt the Lord and you speak that truth about him then everything else in this psalm that flows flows out of that statement God you are very great what does that mean and then God begins to describe himself and describe creation to this writer if you tell him how great he is he'll be great in your mind and in your situation he will prove himself God you're great and God gives him a picture of his greatness and so this whole psalm becomes a picture of the greatness of God the greatness of God in creation the greatness of God in your situation the greatness of God in all things the human soul is uplifted by blessing the Lord your soul is uplifted by blessing God when you make your soul clock in and begin to say great things about God just tell the truth about God the human soul is uplifted by blessing the Lord the majesty and splendor of God is who he really is that's who God is he is majesty and splendor and see if you're just living in your everyday situation this isn't real to you you know I can tell you from experience and you all know from experience if you're living in that realm of what what do I do about this and when is this going to turn around for me and how long can I put up with this and when is this situation if you live in that situation continually you won't get the glimpse of God you need to get and you won't get the results of blessing God majesty and splendor is who God really is and your soul is uplifted and begins to appreciate that you begin to see God bigger than your situation you begin to see God bigger than your problems (laughs) bigger than your hurts and your pains bigger than everything so when we do this we adopt a true image of God and from that true image of God then we get a true image of our situation 
And then our situation com- becomes very small and it becomes manageable. You know when you see the goodness and the greatness of God. So we're able to uh, in the human soul needs the reality of God to reflect on. You don't need just to reflect on your situation. The things of this earth. uh, The things that are are not right down here. You don't need that. You need to reflect on who God is. And allow him to transport you and bring you into his view of things down here on this earth. That's what you're doing. You're adopting God's view of things in your situation. When we do this we adopt a true image of God and everything else in our mind come into subjection to that truth. So once you get a correct understanding of the greatness of God and the vastness of God. Many times when we have situations that maybe don't change quickly we start to push God aside out of that picture or we'll quote a few scriptures at it you know to try to keep ourselves thinking that we're dealing with it correctly without really bringing that into perspective of the God who created the universe when you when you begin to praise the Lord you bring everything into proper perspective God is here you're here your problems under your feet or your problems not existent anymore however you you allow God to resolve that for you but it will not be resolved without God being in his rightful place in the earth and in your life and verse 2 it says the Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment so (laughs) the sun the moon and everything is God's garment God is in control of everything so when you put it in its right perspective you see God as handling uh, the greatest uh, of creation. Everything that's, that's untouchable for us and greater than us. God controls it. He pulls it to himself. He owns it. He wears it. He, he is in total control. And it says here he stretches out. Uh, the, he wraps himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent. So the, everything that's up there, the sky, he just takes it with his great hands and he begins to control it, manipulate it. If you don't think God can control the weather, you know, this will convince you. <laughs> you know, instead of us down here complaining, how much more cold it is. You know, we even go get uh, wake up Punxsutawney Phil <laughs> once a year to tell us what the weather is going to be. You know, the groundhog thing over there. Pennsylvania Phil had got to be like 200 years old they drag old Phil out every day did he see a shadow I don't know you know right right oh Phil right Phil yeah he'll be groundhog stew by the end of the day I sent a text one time and said kill Phil (laughs) it was like six more weeks of bad weather kill Phil but anyway um, but but you know that we we just resort to all of these lower level 
ideas to get our information from and our encouragement from and and people do hang their faith on those things you know they really do but if we will get a glimpse of who God is we'll see the king of glory stretching out the heavens like a tent like that's his dwelling place like he gets up one day and says oh I think I'll make a a covering for my heaven and he just stretches out the, the sky and and the nails it in one place like when uh, he spoke to Job he asked Job do you know where the curtain of the earth is nailed where the nail is that holds the curtain of the earth together and so forth and so on and so God knows all those things so it gives you great confidence in knowing that you the God who holds the universe together actually lives in you Ah, and he made that choice to live in us so he wraps himself in light as with a garment he stretches out the heaven like a tent he lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters hmm now if you were building a house would you put the support beams of your house on water uh-huh. God can and he does you know water the atmosphere is mostly water you know that clouds are just accumulations of water water vapor in the in the atmosphere God knows how to secure the heavens so that they don't move. They move at his command. You got me? And so the tent of his dwelling place is, is, uh, the, the, uh, beam that supports it is, is actually floating on water. So he's actually got a floating heaven. <laughs> so when you look up at the sky and it seems to move, everything floats. <laughs> he prefers to have a floating abode. It says he makes the. Let me see. We, okay alright so he lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters so they have specific waters that are supports they're like your uh, cement that you know when you say when you do a pole dig to to um, do foundations you have to put cement in there his cement is actually water so don't get nervous anybody because he's holding it all together Amen. And so he created all things. He wears the creation of the sun and the light as a garment. The heavens he stretched out like a tent. Heaven is his home. He stretched out his own dwelling place there. His beams are set on water supernaturally. How does a beam for a tent stand on water? He does it because that's God. That's God's doing. That's how he does things. He commands all the elements. He hides on clouds. Um, he rides on clouds like chariots. It says that. So uh, just like we have have to have uh, steel and, and all of that fiberglass and, and rubber to ride. He does it on a cloud. And so he rides his clouds like chariots. Uh, he must be the power in the clouds because it doesn't say he's got any horses to to drive the chariot. And he rides on the wings of the wind. He makes the wind his messengers and flames of fire his servants. So God is actually riding on the wings of the wind. And that wind becomes his messenger. So God is in the wind speaking to us. Amen. That still small voice is carried on 
by the wind. The wind that blows where it listeth is what the King James says. The wind that blows wherever it goes is the Holy Spirit. Amen. So God sends messages to us through the winds. Sometimes a little voice will come to you and speak things and you'll say something told me. That's the voice of God riding on the winds. Amen. It goes where he commands. It says he makes the winds his messengers the flames of fire his servants. So he speaks through the winds. The wind carries his message. It's a still small voice or the message carried by the wind that goes wherever it wants to go. Flames of fire are his servants. So he controls all fire. Amen. He controls all of it. The heavens move but the earth is stable. He says the earth verse 5 he set the earth on its foundations it can never be moved. So the earth he stabilizes out of compassion for the inhabitants of the earth. He can control the heavens because that's his thing. He likes it moving so he makes it move. He likes to ride on clouds so he does that. He likes his stuff moving but he knows we don't like it. <laughs> it makes us nervous. You know instead of us living off Dramamine all of, you know how that stuff is. You go try to go on a roller coaster and you can't you know I I used to tell everybody in my family don't push me on one of them don't pull me I you'll have a psychotic mess on your hand at the end of the ride I'd be the jagged you off me too and everybody else before I was saved I went to Disney World with my dear husband and uh, there was some some little girls standing in the line behind us and they said um, it, it's kind of yeah it, it's a roller coaster you see it, it's kind of fun you might get a little nervous you know so I'm standing there I'm thinking oh. I think it was what's that mountain they have there uh, Space Mountain or something <laughs> When we got through that ride, the little girls, we got off, they looked at me. They said, we told you it's going to be scary. <laughs> they couldn't believe what came out of my mouth for the three minutes of that ride. Never again. I won't subject anybody to that. So everybody looked very strange. But anyway, but but God stabilizes the earth for people like me and like you. Amen. It can never be moved. So he makes the earth stable on its foundations so that we have a sense of security in him. We have a sense that we can move around the earth and it, it just remains. It, it it's it's always there for us. When you leave your home you lock it up you come back your home is still there it's it hasn't been moved so he secures the earth for the sake of what he's put man here to do this is man's abode and he makes it comfortable for us the sky moves above us and the water moves around us but the earth itself is immovable God has made us stable because we are part earth as well humans you know are made of clay God stabilizes us and fixes us in our human bodies and so our human bodies don't move and quake and all that kind of stuff if it does you know you know something's wrong but for the most part we're stable as is uh, uh, wrapped in this earth suit and we're stable on the earth because God has made this earth immovable for the sake of his creation 
It says in verse 6, he covered it, you covered it with watery depths as with a garment. And so to adorn the earth, God created water that he contains on the earth. And so he he, uh, covered it with a watery depth as with a garment. The water stood above the mountains. And so there was a time when when the the earth you know was flooded and it says but at your rebuke the waters fled. And so God then is able to control the waters on the earth he's caused them to stand up over the earth at one time and then he rebuked them and, and commanded them back in their place when Jesus was was um, uh, when Peter uh, was walking on the water and the water was uh, there was a tempest or windstorm it looks like the water itself is stable but when the the wind comes and collides with it and makes the water move in a, an uncontrollable way. And so the Lord caused the wind, he rebuked the wind and made it quit stirring up the water. So the elements collide and cause calamity except for the rebuke of God and the control of God so God is still in control of all the elements of the earth he won't let them agitate and collide with one another unchecked we can always speak to God and get him to intervene for us when these things start to cause calamity the the uh, winds uh, move at God's command they're even predictable you know, people who study the weather and study study weather trends find that there are certain times and seasons where the uh, wind is less predictable. There are certain times and seasons where uh, you know things like water spouts will start to hit the earth, or or hurricanes and tornadoes will start uh, to disturb the earth. But we know that God is in control of these things, and if we will call on God, He can rebuke these winds so that they will. Start he gives us authority to rebuke them so that they will stop and so we can command by God's spirit just like God can command when these things get out of control why do they get out of control well they get out of control because of ungodly influence in the earth and we know that as sin increases in the earth you're going to see uh, wars rumors of wars earthquakes hurricanes all these disturbances in diverse places but they don't have to we don't just have to sit and watch these things happen we can call on God if he can control them one time he'll control them again because he's compassionate toward us and he's merciful toward us he will come and stop these things from happening so he says the earth is covered with deep water God speaks and tells the water to move stop and go he is in command of all the elements his voice is the thunder and causes the waters to flee and so it says here uh, he said in verse 6 you covered it with the watery depths as with a garment the water stood above the mountains but at your rebuke the waters fled at the sound of your thunder they took to flight so if you think about it when there's a storm you hear both thunder and lightning and rain these are all the voice of God these are all things under God's control so he uses the thunder to cause the waters to take flight 
So he commands in the storm. God is still commanding the elements to only stay for a certain amount of time. To always see, we always think we run from the thunder because we know there's something supernatural there. You know, we know that's God's voice to a degree. We don't know what He's doing with that voice, though. Because it's so frightening and so awesome. But it says here that he's commanding the water with the voice of the thunder. So he's orchestrating that storm to do his will. He's orchestrating the storm to do his will. He, it's never out of his control. He says at the sound of your thunder the waters took flight. They flowed over the mountains. They went into the valleys. To a place you assign for them. So the thunder is really the voice of God assigning the waters where to go. Come on now. This is a holy man who's imagining his imagination is being controlled by God. All of these thoughts are coming as he's inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these things. We've just never considered them before. You know, as long as I've had Psalm 104 in my in my Bible, I've never really meditated on it long enough to consider these things. But it says right here, the thunder, as it cracks, it tells the water where to go. Just go here water, go there water. The thunder is leading the water where to go. The water comes, recedes and begins to create streams. It says the waters at the rebuke at your rebuke the waters fled. At the sound of your thunder they took to flight. They flowed over the mountains. They went down into the valleys to the place you assigned for them. So thunder says water come over here. Get over here and do what you're supposed to do. It says and you set a boundary that they cannot cross. So when the lake is is filled it it just begins to recede. Never again will they cover the earth. So so God has set a limit and we know that the sign his covenant sign for for not letting the waters cover the earth again is the rainbow. And so we're constantly reminded at the end of every storm no matter how bad and out of control it may seem to us that God is still in control of the earth during the storm sometimes he's rerouting water that man has diverted and sent it someplace else God reroutes it and places it where he wants it to be you know we wonder sometimes all these dams that we've created so we can have electricity and all of that and and God does honor that you know what I'm saying if it weren't right it wouldn't happen but sometimes we disturb things and God makes them right we don't have to have you know all these organizations to try and outthink God and try to figure out how to correct the earth God does that automatically you know he as long as the blood of Jesus is effective to forgive sin and grant mercy down here on this earth God is correcting the thing that we do wrong on this earth folks just have no doubt about it he is in control and this lets you know that God still cares about the earth he still does things so the thunder God uses the thunder to chase the water and cause it to go into its appointed place 
when thunder tells the water where to go God set a limit on the water even a flood he limits it so that it will never again destroy the earth and the rainbow is his covenant sign that he was keeping his promise to us God is so detailed in his assigning of the water to the earth he knows every stream he knows its purpose the water is assigned with a purpose verse 10 it says he makes springs pour water into the ravines it flows between the mountains they give water to all the beasts of the field the wild donkeys quench their thirst no matter where that animal is God has created a spring for it to find water and he will direct that animal to where the water is we don't need a divining rod or anything like that you know you wonder how how animals can survive they survive better in the wild than they do waiting for a human to provide something for them you know I mean it's just true and so God has a way of directing them to uh, what's what they need to survive and what they need to thrive and reproduce all of those things he's provided says he provides uh, the gives water to all the beasts of the field so they can quench their thirst and the birds of the sky nest by the waters and they sing among the branches so he provides just through the water he provides a dwelling place where birds can reproduce they can thrive they can eat and they can find joy happiness and contentment just with what God does to provide water for them just the basic thing like water running through the earth provides all of this for all of creation you don't ever have to be concerned about what the the uh, birds are <laughs> going to eat. I would think it was who was it? Somebody told me recently they talked to somebody that uh, sold bird seed. Was that you, Mr. Gary? Told me that some person they said bought like six hundred dollars worth of bird seed uh, to provide for the the birds in their neighborhood or something. I'm thinking. He just save his money. Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing to do. I'm sure the the birds appreciate it. But God provides. You think those birds are running around? I mean, they'll take yours and eat it. And that's cool. But you know what I'm saying? They got there someplace else already. You know, you don't ever see them dying of starvation or, you know, sometimes you know I I know we've had a, a robin's nest. This um, uh, I had to introduce Coco to Miss Robin who lives upstairs and she doesn't pay rent, but she welcome here every year she has little babies they make a little noise so don't go disturbing anybody and uh but anyway uh they put a nest in the you know the rafters on the deck the upper uh, decking up there the, you know, the overhang for that and so that's a good place to keep them they're not on the ground where the predators are or anything like that and, and so uh but i've never seen her starving I mean, she runs out, gets the stuff, builds the nest, and that nest is sturdier than the house is in places. You know what I'm saying? You try to, I mean, sometimes, you know, the old ones, they'll just not come back anymore. And so you'll find they got mortar, they got straw, they got everything. I mean, them things are tight. And, uh, and, and so they, they provide because God directs them to their provision. Write that down. He directs them to their provision. 
See, we call it instinct, but that's wisdom, honey, because it's smarter than us sometimes. We'll we'll look at a source and when it dries up, we go to passing out and crying and wailing and doing everything but asking God to direct us to the source of our provision. It's not your job. That's a source for your provision. But God is the source of your provision. And so if you go to him, he will direct you to the natural source for your provision. Sometimes it's just stay put and let him bring it to you. Or if he brings another opportunity to you and he tells you he's got a better opportunity if that brook is dried up and he's got a better opportunity then he'll direct you to it. But if he decides to start water flowing out of that same brook again he will prime the pump and let it crank out more. Sometimes he just allows us to see the source dry up because they do that if we don't look to him as the source. Sometimes you got your eye off of him and got it on the natural thing that he's using as temporary provision. Everything down here is temporary folks. That's that's one of the big disappointments that people have had in recent years. They've looked at maybe the job as their source and, and it is heartbreaking when you see people that have worked for years not be able to get a full retirement because they haven't managed that money very well or that company just went out of business. That Nothing is that secure anymore. And so I think God shakes these things so we can look to him as the source and the supply and just keep looking to him continually for everything that we need and never take your eye off of him as your source. The minute you start to look to man or a company or you know exalt a company you know and I remember when when God had me prophesy the big three would come down and people start looking around like what's she talking about nothing's going to happen to them I mean come on now you know and I thought the same thing. But we saw it happen, you know. Took took years, but it happened. If it's the word of God, it will come to pass. And I think it's humbled many people to understand, you know, what can you depend on on this in this life? You can only depend on God. You, you can't really depend on things, companies. Uh, they are all subject to fail. And so when we, uh, even the ones that are have taken over the big threes, they're eating their lunch now. They're going to fail at some point too, you know. So just don't transfer your security over into anything uh, because it's all subject to change and so God shakes it shakes something out of it and lets us see how unstable it is so that he can get his attention get our attention back on him praising him lifting him up seeing him as bigger than everything seeing him as a creator of all things seeing him as the wise master builder who knows what he's doing and if something goes wrong down here on earth we go to the original creator of it we go to the wise master builder and and tell him what our concerns are and he straightens the problem out we need to expect him to correct and straighten these things out so he does all this he assigns the water he says the waters <clears throat> the birds of the nest uh, 
of the sky nest by the waters. They got that much sense. They sing among the branches. They're happy. The waters provided everything that they need. Once the water collides with the earth and comes into contact with the earth, the seed's already in the earth, so the provision is there. Everything's there. So we just need the God of the water to direct the water so that the seeds can can uh, produce and everything grows in it and it produces for us. His water, he waters the mountains from his upper chambers. Hmm. From the, the snow and the clouds. Amen. From the sky. His upper chambers is the sky. The land is satisfied by the fruit of his work. So we're not, uh, we don't have a carbon footprint that's destroying the earth. There's no global warming that's hurting anything. Amen. Uh, God controls all of this stuff. Problem is people just don't contact him. They're in their own heads trying to figure out how to rectify a problem that doesn't even exist. It's a man-made mental problem that they've created out of nowhere. You know, and, and now they're setting about trying to fix it, which they couldn't fix. If, if you could fix it, you wouldn't have created the problem to begin with. And so we still must go to God for his solution. God is very detailed in assigning water to the earth. And you see these details. This water has a purpose to reach the beasts of the field, to provide for the birds that they can make ready for their young. They reproduce. They lay their eggs. The eggs hatch. They teach the little hatchlings how to get out and fly and and, uh, all of those things. I know we had a couple of really bad uh, um, storms at the house. And the little little birds hadn't gotten grown enough to you know fly, and so you know there were a couple of eggs that that didn't hatch in the nest and things like that. You know those are are tragedies where you know. And I thought to myself, I said, Lord, I'm just going to start praying for the little nesting there for you to protect them so that they will grow and and uh, you know uh, you know get to to have life. You know you're the God of life, and so. So it's it's uh, uh, God is very detailed in where He assigns. He has uh, each bird; He knows where they are, and He draws them to their provision. You know, it just it's just so wonderful uh, the oversight that God has over the whole earth when He when He does these things. It says here, uh, uh, He the waters, the birds of the sky nest by the waters they sing among the branches he waters the mountains from his upper chambers the land is satisfied by the fruit of his work so the land's happy the land is satisfied by the fruit of his work what are we grumbling about he makes grass to grow for cattle he plants for people and plants for people to cultivate bringing forth food from the earth so he has us in mind in what he does and creates just the water that he releases to the earth he has all of creation the provision for all of creation in mind we all have to harvest what we need to sustain us so he involves human labor human will human desire we can have our choice of things he provides 
uh, uh, plentifully uh, for every all the inhabitants of the earth. He says he brings forth food food from the earth, uh, vegetables, grains, uh, grain to feed cattle. If you know if you like meat, there's grain to feed your cattle so that you can have meat to eat. Uh, there there birds and fowl so that we can have eggs uh, and things of that nature. And he says uh, everything that we want he brings forth from the earth wine that gladdens human hearts amen that little little uh, fermented something that you know makes your heart merry but not drunk you understand what i'm saying we don't go there i know i know we were we were hoping that wine was going to go farther but gladdens the human heart i think what they would they knew how much they were fermenting their grapes back in the day and they would mix water with it sometimes if it got too strong you understand what i'm saying uh i know those of you who like a nice merlot or chablis or something like that you wouldn't dare touch that with water but wasn't a sin back then and so he says he uh, gladdens human hearts. They use wine oftentimes for medicinal reasons. You know we saw that for a little wine for the stomach's sake. Wine often settles the stomach and allows and gives a person an appetite to eat. So if it was given to somebody who was sick or infirm or recovering. It was to stimulate their appetite so that they could grow healthy and strong they knew how to use what they had it was not always abused anything can be abused he said and brain and bread that sustains their hearts Mm -hmm. all those low carb lovers you know what i'm saying brain bread sustains their hearts the trees of the lord are well watered amen you don't see trees withering uh, the cedars of lebanon that he planted so god even had places of oasis in the earth where uh, strong sturdy trees like cedars could grow very very strong and healthy the water came from way down deep in the earth or he had streams that flowed close to the surface to water everything there the birds make their nests the stork has its home in the junipers so every type of bird is assigned a dwelling place just by God's creation by what he does God's very wise in what he does the purpose of the water is to reach and supply food once it hits the earth it it is the purpose of water is to mix with the earth feed the seed cause them to grow and provide food for every living creature upon the earth that's God's wisdom. He says in the the uh, um, birds make their nests. Stork has its home in the junipers. The high mountains belong to the wild goats. So he adapts every species and every type of animal every type of bird to its environment on the earth and he provides for that there's no uh, uh, there's no reason why uh, all of the the creation of the earth doesn't know its own habitat they know where to live they know where they can grow they know where they can flourish and be sustained it's when humans get involved in things that they get all screwed up and then we got to have sanctuaries for this animal and for that animal and we got to have all this money collected to you know rescue this 
we're rescuing them for, uh, from other human beings who just won't let them be in their own habitat. It says he made the high mountains belong to the wild goats. The crags are a refuge for the hydrax. He made the moon to mark the season. So here we move out of the water into the celestial beings. He made the moon to mark the seasons. And the sun knows when to go down. The sun already knows its function and it knows when to go down. How do we know that? Because it does it on time every day. Huh? The sun does goes down on time every day. You never have a day when you wake up and the sun is still up there from last night. It goes down every day at its appointed time. You bring darkness. It becomes night. And there's a purpose for the night. In God's creation. All the beasts of the forest prowl during the night. Hmm? What are they doing? They're doing what God sets them in the earth to do. They prowl during the night. They are undercover during the night. They're protected during the night. They can move around freely during the night. They have night vision. So they can see where they're going. And they know where they're going. They may be moving a nest. They may be setting up for their prey. They may be inspecting to see where their next meal is. But the night has a purpose for the beasts of the forest. And that is to prowl and to observe and inspect without being detected their habitat. So they have a good sense, a night sense as well as a day vision. Many times you'll see uh, large beasts uh, sleep a lot during the daytime. They find a shady spot and they sleep. You know, you see pictures of lions and tigers and they're always yawning, laying back, and, you know, like cats. And then at night they boom, come alive and <laughs> everywhere. And so they have a night vision and they, they yeah, they rest in the, during the daytime, but they prowl at night. The lions roar for their prey. And seek their food from God. Amen. They seek their food from God. So the purpose of the darkness is for the lion to set up for his hunt. Light and dark have different purposes for man and for beasts and for the flowers in the fields. So God sets that all up himself through his own wisdom. He knows the purpose for light. He knows the purpose for dark. He knows the purpose for night and for day. And the sun and the moon obey him. They do exactly what it tells him. What they he tells them to do. He says, "He made the moon to mark the seasons. The sun goes down, knows when to go down. You bring darkness; it becomes night, and all the beasts of the forest prowl." The lions roar for their prey and seek their food from God. The sun rises and they steal away. Man, so when the sun comes up, they go into hiding. They return and lie down in their dens. Then people go out to their work, to their labor until evening. So God makes it so that people are not endangered by the wild animals. He makes them stay up at night. The people go to bed at night. The lions are sleeping at night. And you can go out and work your fields without fear of being harmed or captured. Sometimes when that's upset you'll find lions prowling around in the daytime but seldom. That's why the shepherd watched their flocks by 
what night they had watches of the night where they could, would get up and move around physically and inspect and make sure uh, there was no beasts of the uh, of prey preying on the unguarded sheep I remember David and his young men when they saw uh, um, Nabal Abigail's husband remember that that incident with them and they had seen Nabal's herdsmen out without protection there weren't enough of them out there Nabal was a very wealthy man probably stingy and not very wise but he left a handful of men with a huge flock of animals and David being a shepherd had compassion on the sheep he knew many of them would be stolen uh, by the uh, the lion and the bear and so he decided that he would go and uh, protect those send his men to help protect those sheep which he did and when Nabal didn't uh, return his kindness is with gratitude David decided he was going to kill him <laughs> because that's what you did if you offered friendship and well friendship was an offer of of covenant of peace with a person if they refused it that meant they they decided they were your enemy and your next step was to go to the next step that's what it was and so it wasn't out of order and it wasn't but it wasn't merciful either and so Abigail interceded on on their behalf, on behalf of everybody in the situation, so to bring peace to them, and she did. And so it, it worked out that a couple of days later, she told Nabal later that day what had happened, what David had determined to do, and she said, I made peace with them, which she probably was accustomed to doing uh, for him because he wasn't a very smart man or a wise man. And so Nabal had a stroke and died. And so when David heard, he went back and got Abigail and said, I like this girl. She's smart. I think I'll take her home with me. She's a widow. I must steal and nobody's wife. I'll take her home with me. And she become became one of David's wives. So so anyway. So anyway, it says uh, uh it says uh um, the sun rises they steal away they go and lie down in their dens it's too hot for them too much sunlight they don't wear shade let's go to sleep then people go out to their work to labor until evening when the animals the wild animals come out again he says how many are your works lord he said god you take care of everything my goodness you even do it down to the last detail he says in wisdom you made them all the earth is full of your creatures he says everywhere I look there's there's somebody you created there's an animal you created with a purpose they go about doing their purpose they live out their days and, and it continues over and over and over again so that's the wisdom of God to know the purpose for everything that he created he says wisdom in wisdom you made them all the earth is full of your creatures there is a sea vast and spacious teeming with creatures beyond number living things both large and small even the Loch Ness monster I just threw that in but (laughs) there are ships that go to and fro and Leviathan which you formed to frolic there so this thing they call the Loch Ness monster is identified in the Bible as Leviathan there are huge sea creatures that we don't see very often 
because of their uh, elusiveness. I mean, if you can co- go down in the sea and inspect them, help yourself. But, you know, you get to a certain depth, it's just black. You can't see your hand in front of you. So, uh, you know, that's where the sea creatures live, the huge sea creatures live. And they frolic there. They just play around down there. They go to and fro. Amen. The bottom of the earth. Every now and then you'll see somebody in some remote country somewhere in very dark sea will take a picture of something big head sticks up and you and they say is this real or is this fake they try to see if it's a real picture but there are there are species we've never even seen before because God hasn't revealed them to us all creatures look to you <laughs> except us you know sometimes we we do but we don't we are so uh, independent sometimes and so self-centered uh, many times you can go through your whole life being almost successful and not know God you can be wealthy beyond measure and not know the Lord and so we have to seek him to be able to find him uh, I think animals kind of are, are born with this sense to contact God and that's how they survive a human who has a higher level of intelligence and is Lord of everything must seek God and have constant communion with him because of sin that thing was breached and so we have to seek God with you know voluntarily to get that connection back to him but we can have that he says all creatures look to to you to give them their food at the proper time why don't we do that huh when you give it to them they gather it up when you open your hand they are satisfied with good things isn't that something when you open your hand they are satisfied with good things God help us to be thankful you know that, that to know that what God provides he satisfies us with good things there's no good thing will he withhold from us folks I mean we can have as much as we want of everything we desire if we will look to God if you just make your soul bless God just quit thinking about lack what you don't have being upset about this and I'll be glad when I get that and all that nonsense that that we go through and just bless God just bless him and thank him he says he'll give you your food at the proper time you know sometimes we're worried about the next meal and we don't have this one yet he understands at the proper time he provides for us he says when you give it to them they gather it up when you open your hand they are satisfied with good things when you hide your face they're terrified amen and sometimes when we're afraid it's because we're not in contact with God you get back in contact with him and that fear melts away when you take away their breath they die and they return to dust God is everywhere to in in all things and everything to everybody without him we don't breathe he take our breath away we return to dust so keep him close keep him before you keep aware of the greatness of God whenever you go into a situation that's too big for you and start to bless God and think about his goodness and his greatness God you provided for even the the uh, animals you you cause water to to flow from the mountains down into creeks and valleys and lakes and places like that just so the animals 
And we're worth so much more than they are. How much more would you provide for me Lord? You will do this for me God. I can count on you. You're there for me. And you're there to do me good. Not to stand by and let people take advantage of me. Not to stand by and let the devil rip me off and rob me. You're there to do me good. And give what you've promised to me. And so you can bring it from, from his creation of all things. Right down into your life to do you good. My goodness if he does all of this provides enough water so birds can camp by that water and from just by camping near the water they're satisfied and they begin to sing their life is full you know when a bird has a song his life is pretty full you know he sees from his labor and that's how he rejoices in the Lord and so we can rejoice in God the same way because he's provided much more from for us he says when you send your spirit they are created and you renew the face of the ground amen so he begins to put new earth and this cycle starts all over again he replenishes the earth with all the minerals and all the good content that it needs may the glory of the lord endure for endure forever may the lord rejoice in his works let god rejoice in what he's done let us appreciate it and be glad and let god rejoice in what he's done and it starts all over again he who looks at the earth and it trembles who touches the mountains and they smoke that's the God that we want to exalt that's the one that we we love he says I will sing to the Lord all my life all my life I will I will sing praise to my God as long as I live because he's so great he says let my meditation be pleasing to him not just my actions but my thoughts see we can do actions that don't reflect our thoughts because deception lives in us we can hide thoughts that aren't pleasant we can hide thoughts that are dark thoughts that are are not pleasing to God we can we can kind of hide those but the writer says I want my mind to bless God at all times I want my thoughts to be pleasing to him so that I can live in harmony with God when your soul blesses the Lord your soul comes into line with what God thinks what he desires what he's doing in the earth with a a clear picture of him how he cares about everything you know if you feel like nobody cares about you one one day just start to bless the Lord and your mind will start to line up with how he cares about all creation he cares about you he cares about me he cares about everything that he created yes he created you in his image on purpose to do his will and to glorify him he's proud of you he's glad he created you he's glad you're here on the earth he's glad he put you here he has a purpose for you he's working that purpose out with you every day you may not feel like you're you're doing much for him at from time to time but he's working out his purpose in you he's glad you're here he's glad you're here he doesn't have any children here on this earth that he's sorry you were born or you wouldn't have gotten here if he got you here he's glad he glories in his creation all of his creation so the writer says you know what he said God is so good I'm going to sing about him every day of my life he said soul write that down today I've determined to sing about the goodness of God every day of my life because I need this every day how could I live a day without thinking about the goodness of God how could I make it through a day 
without knowing my connection to God. He says God is awesome. He said bless God. He said may your glory endure forever. Just let me reflect every day. That's how you make it through the different seasons of your life. You know sometimes people have very very dark seasons as far as what's happening in the natural. But you can reflect on the goodness of God and live in that place. You don't have to live in this place. You can live in that place in your soul where you know the greatness of God. You expect good from God. He said let my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord let me what what I think about let it be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord but he said but may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more and that will happen I mean that's that's definitely the plan of God he gives them a chance to repent and turn around but they will vanish from the earth he says praise the Lord my soul praise the Lord so let us purpose in our hearts to let our meditation be pleasing to God let us exalt the Lord and and reflect on how detailed he is in his creation how he has a purpose for everything and he makes that purpose known to what he's created it's not like you have a purpose and you can't find it out it's not like it, that your purpose is a great mystery when you see that you're you're created to praise God start praising him you know, and then you'll find out more about what your purpose is. But until we do the first thing, we won't find out the latter. Everybody wants to find out that they're cre- created to be a millionaire or to be a great preacher somewhere or something great as far as your carnal thinking is concerned. But once you begin to exalt the Lord, you begin to understand that your greatness is in being faithful even in the small things. Your greatness, there is no small thing as far as God is concerned. What he's involved in is all always great it's always good and it's always merciful it's always going to have a a good result it'll have the result of God so whatever God is involved in that's what you want to be involved in because his mercy his goodness his greatness his wisdom all of that has created the earth just tap into it (laughs) just Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul. My soul magnifies the Lord. It rejoices in the God, my Savior. I exalt you, O God. I lift you high above the heavens and the earth. I put you in the highest place in my my heart and my mind and my life. I want to focus on the goodness of God, the greatness of God, the vastness of your mind, your will, your wisdom in your creation, Lord. When I think about the goodness of God, my soul cries out, hallelujah, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord for all of his benefits who pleases us, satisfies our mouth with good things. Renews our youth like the eagle who forgives all of our iniquities, heals all of our diseases, crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercy. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. We magnify you and exalt you, O God of our creation. Lord God of heaven and earth, you are great toward us. And your tender mercies are over all your works. Thank you Lord that our crown is tender mercy and loving kindness. We wear that every day of our lives.
We bless you. And we thank you Lord. Oh God our creator. Merciful creator. The great God of the universe has made all things. Thank you that your wisdom has created all things. We're created in your love and your wisdom. And we bless you Lord. We thank you Jesus. Thank you O God. Merciful Savior. Thank you Lord. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord. You've redeemed us. You you paid the price because we couldn't. You took the pain because we couldn't. And we thank you Lord. We bless you Lord. We praise you Jesus. We magnify you. Oh our soul cries out. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Our soul cries out. Hallelujah. We bless you Lord. We magnify you. Oh our soul cries out for the living God. Bless us. With your merciful thoughts toward us today Lord. Bless us. With your merciful thoughts toward us today Lord God. Bless us. Let our meditation be pleasing to you Father. Let our hearts cry out and rejoice. Thank you Jesus. For we are glad. Oh we thank you Lord. That when we think about your goodness it makes us glad. We are made glad. We are made glad. Thank you Jesus. We bless you Lord. Thank you Jesus. We bless you Lord. Oh yes we are made glad. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord. Thank you Jesus. Yes. Yes yes yes. Yes let our thoughts be pleasing to you today O God. Thank you Lord. 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 Thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord. Adjust our thinking so that it's pleasing to you. We renounce any thoughts that would tear us away from you Lord. Thoughts of fear, covetousness, selfishness Lord. We renounce them. Open our minds and our souls to appreciate you and who you are. Your greatness. Your goodness. Father we will not hold on to small things but we will release them in exchange for the greater thing that you have for us. Thank you Lord. Bless us O Lord as we bless you. Bless us O Lord as we bless you. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord. Praise God. Thank you Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, thank you, Lord. You hold all things in your hand. Thank you, Lord. We agree with your plan. We agree with your plan for us. We agree with your plan for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We magnify you, Jesus. 
We praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord. We exalt you above the heavens. We exalt you, O Lord. Ah, well, thank you, Jesus. You were enthroned upon our hearts, Lord. You're enthroned upon our hearts, Lord. Guide us and lead us in the way we should go, Father. Lead us in the way we should go, O Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That you so love us. You so love us. You so love us. You love us so much. You love us so much. You love us so much, Lord. You love us so much. You love us so much. We thank you, Lord. Praise your holy name. We praise your holy name. We praise your holy name. We praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Something better. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Just let it be unto us, Lord, according to your word. According to your word, Lord, and your great plan for us. Let it be unto us, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We receive it, O oh God. We receive it, Father. We receive your blessing. We receive your blessing from on high. We receive your blessing from on high, Lord. We receive your blessing from on high. We receive your blessing from on high. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us. Thank you, Lord.
Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise God. God is good. Amen. Praise God. Anybody needs prayer, come on up. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let the earth be silent before him. Amen. Praise God.